Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you got your Bibles and you would like to follow along, put your finger in Exodus or pull it up on your uh, pocket phone, as Robert likes to call it. Um... So last week, uh, one of my favorite places in the world just happens to be in Texas. I mean, it's not, it's just a coincidence, okay? It's just a coincidence. No, my brother has a lake house down at Possum Kingdom. And uh, anyway, we decided to, to, before everything kicked off, it's been a fun, uh, uh, fun, I use that in a relative sense. It's been a fun summer so far. And it has been an opportunity to grow this summer. But we decided to sneak off for a weekend and uh, celebrate my brother's, uh, oh gosh, 20 or 22nd uh, anniversary. And I got to see my mom and stepdad and my son, one of my sons was with me and his girlfriend. It's just a great time of fellowship and relaxing. But we was out there fishing and uh Anyway, Jason, my, that's my brother, Jason has a, has a dock, you know, that he puts his boat in, and it's a two-story dock, and it's got like this swing that you can jump off of and everything like that, and I've jumped off of it. it it's fun and everything, but Griffin, my son, we, the first day we were there, we go out there, or the first full day we are there, and we're sitting out there, and he goes, hey, Dad, let's dive off the top of that. I was like, all right, we can do that. So we get up there, and okay, so like... I'm not really afraid of water, but I have an aversion to jumping off something head first. Okay, there's just something inside of me that's not natural about that, right? So anyway, I, 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 look, I looked over at my, my lovely bride and I said, hey, you want to you go dive off the top? Well, she's a lot more adventurous than I am. She's like, shoot, yeah, let's go. <laughs> that, that is her standard answer for everything. Do you want to, let's go. You don't even have to finish it, right? So she's like, let's go. So we got up there. and we It's got like this little baby gate or something on it. I mean, it's not a baby gate. It's part of it. But we opened that thing up so we could jump off. And I got up there. And when you're standing on the bottom, it's only this tall. But when you look down, it's like the Empire State Building. And so I got to second guessing myself for a second. But, you know, I'm cowboy. So one of the requirements for being a cowboy is an overinflated sense of self-confidence. We hide that well, <laughs> hide that fear. And so anyway, I decided to, if I was a little afraid, maybe my wife was a little nervous too. So I tried to be the spiritual leader of the family and say, you know what, sweetheart, why don't we just do this? On three, we're both going to dive at the same time. What I didn't say is if we die, we die together, baby. <laughs> right? So she goes, that's a good idea. I said, okay. I said, you ready? She goes, yeah. It's on video, okay? This is on video. She's, I said, one, two, three. It's a slow-mo video, right? It's cool. And you really can't see us when we're jumping off because it's being filmed from underneath. But you see both of our hands go like this, and then only one dives in. And it's me. <laughs> and I come up as she's diving down, and the video stops. And she comes up. She ain't even got the water out of her eyes. And I said, I said we were going to jump on three. She goes, I said it's a good idea. I never said I was going to do it. (laughs) 
I mean, diving off the top of that dock is, it's, no, it's not that big of a deal. But you know, some, sometimes there's little simple things that we kind of have an inordinate fear about, right? Like, like you get a little nervous and everything. And that guy, you know, I kept telling myself, come on, dude, don't be no sissy. Come on, man, you're 23 years old. You're in the prime of your life. Get up there and do that. I was like, okay. So in my heart, man, I could feel that, that need to, to display some courage, right? To, to be courageous. But then I got to thinking, you know what the one requirement needed for courage is? Fear. You cannot be courageous if you're not afraid, okay? I mean, I, I'm not afraid to put this pen in my pocket, right? So I'm not being courageous by doing that. And you know what? The most, one of the most often repeated commands in the Bible is what? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And it's amazing how much we walk around in fear. It's crazy. So we dove in. It was all fun and games. Got back out. I was fishing. And my punk 20-year-old son says, that's pretty good, Dad. I was like, well, I'm probably the best there ever was. <laughs> Humbly speaking, besides Mitch, of course. <laughs> he goes, I bet you can't do a backflip off of that. I said, you're right. <laughs> he said, you ain't going to do it. I said, I ain't got nothing to prove to you. He's like, all right. He walks off. He planted a seed, man. <laughs> he planted a seed. And it started to grow. And I was hot. Like 197 degrees. I was catching fish that were already cooked. <laughs> Crazy. It's crazy. It's getting hot. Well, my wife was a gymnast. I mean, she's this big. It's like a garden gnome, right? <laughs> I was like, baby, you, you, you can do a flip, can't you, baby? She goes, well, yeah. You think I can do it? She goes, probably not. <laughs> Love that confidence in me that she has. So I'm sitting there. I was like, agreed with her, you know. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. It wouldn't let go, man. It wouldn't let go. So before I knew it, I turned to her and I said, I think I'm going to do it. She goes, I'll do it with you. <laughs> I said, I've already been down that road. This is a solo effort here. And so I made the second mistake of this little episode. I told others that I was going to do it. So now it wasn't a secret between me and my wife because, you know, I could have said, I didn't say that, you know, to her. But I announced it to my brother, to his girlfriend, to my mom, to my stepdad. And then, if you brag, what do you got to do, boys? You got to go do it, right? <laughs> Let me just say this. I had never done a backflip. Never, okay? Never. On purpose, okay? I mean, there's been, some, there's been some wrecks, but, you know. So I get up there, and there's this internal dialogue going on, literally, like this battle Dude, you're going to die. This is going to be epic. You're going to die. This is epic. So, you know, I, I get up there and I, you know, I, I kind of turn around. And I've seen divers, they do like this, right? Well, I was doing that, but it was because my knees were shaking. <laughs> and really, my biggest fear wasn't the flip. It was flipping too fast because I'm mean, way up there, right? And I was just like... I'm sitting there, and like, you, 
can't really see it on the video, but if you go watch it, like, you'll see. I'm scared to death, right? And I was like, you just got to do it. You just got to. And I did it. And it was cool. <laughs> it was cool. It looked like I'd done it a thousand times. Somebody commented on it. I said, dude, that was amazing. How long have you been doing that? I said, you've seen it. <laughs> you've seen it. First try. First try. You know what? We all want to be brave and courageous, right? I mean, is there anybody in here who says, you know what? I've been really looking forward and working hard at being a sissy. Man, it's been the goal of my life is just to be this timid, fearful person that walks around being a victim of everything in our lives. Ain't a single one of us, guys, and that's not what God has called us to do. As a matter of fact, in, in one of the books of Timothy, the Apostle Paul says, For we have not been given a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of power and love and self-control. I mean, you you ain't never heard an internal dialogue of Scripture being done until when you backflip off about a thousand feet above the water. I mean, you know, something like that. We all want to be strong and courageous until it's time to be strong and courageous. It's one of those things that, you know, I I like to tell people, you, you say you're tough, but I want to be there whenever you hit your thumb with a hammer. You know what I mean? Because it's easy to talk about when it's not happening, right? We all want to be strong and courageous, but it's a different story when it's time to be strong and courageous. We have a fear of courageous living. I do. I think that inside of us, for whatever reason, we have like this fear of living courageously, of being bold and being daring, not just jumping into water, but with our faith in our relationships, of admitting maybe that we're wrong or, or something like that. We need a big old healthy dose of courage in all of our lives. We have a fear of courageous living, but why? Why are we so afraid of being courageous. Well, one of the reasons that we're scared of living a courageous life is that we know that when we are courageous, that we're afraid of raising the bar in our lives. We're afraid of raising that bar. Because when you do something that you're afraid of, it removes all the excuses and you're going to have to continue to do that and we're afraid of raising that bar in our lives these kinds of bars that i'm talking about don't exist in comfort zones okay there's no bar in our comfort zone as a matter of fact that's one of the requirements of a comfort zone is that there's no bar these kinds of bars don't exist in comfort zones those other bars are nothing but comfort zones right or as i like to call it a sissy pen that's what a comfort zone is it's a sissy pen Because you don't have to be courageous in your comfort zone, right? You can just be whoever you want to be. You can talk the talk, but you don't have to walk the walk. We are afraid. And I don't get it, guys. You think I'm talking to you. I'm telling you what I go through. And if I go through it, there might be a small, small chance that maybe you're going through this too. Is that we are afraid of becoming what God intended us to be. Because we know that in that is going to be some responsibility and some, a higher bar, a standard to set. We know that there's going to be struggle because there cannot be growth without struggle. We are afraid of becoming something more. And you know who else was afraid of that? An 80-year-old guy 
named Moses. An 80-year-old man named Moses. Now, if, you, if you're not quite up to speed on the story of Moses, he was a Hebrew. His, his mom, whenever he was born, they were, they were killing kids and stuff like that. She put him in the river, and Pharaoh's daughter found the baby and raised him as his own. So he's like a stepson of the most powerful person on earth at the time and stuff like that. And then he finds out that he's actually a Hebrew, and he's tired of the way the, that his people are being treated and Something, a series of unfortunate events, and Moses kills an Egyptian, and, and he's run off before he's killed. And so, like, the first 40 years of his life was, it was in luxury, and the next 40 years, Kathy, hold on to tie right quick. He had to go herd sheep for 40 years. It's okay, Ty, you don't have to do that. Well... <laughs> I envision that as hell. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he had to go wander in the wilderness and, and herd sheep for the next 40 years. But one day he's out there and he's probably chasing one of them range maggots. And, um, and he's, and he, and he's, <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> Garrett. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So he's probably out chasing a sheep or a goat, right? And, um, and he sees this bush that's on fire. He sees this bush that's on fire. So he goes over there to it. And he talks to the bush. And in Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, it says this. So basically, God tells Moses what he's supposed to go do. He's supposed to go get them Hebrew people and take them to the promised land, right? But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And see, that, that's the thing about courageous living is you, you can't do it alone because when you're being courageous for God in your life you are never alone never alone see here's the deal God never raises the bar without you God never raises the bar without you he's never gonna just say you know what you go over there and I'm gonna stay over here you go deal with that on your own he's gonna no see you know what our God is our God is a let's go not you go let's go let's go God never raises the bar without you. Man, don't you feel that? Don't you feel that, that feeling inside that, that you know that, that you're here and you know that you're, you're meant to be here or here or here? 11 years ago, I didn't go back and look at it. 11 years ago, standing right here, I was a new pastor from Texas that had started a cowboy ministry called Save the Cowboy, and we had about 70 people here, about what's in the middle right here. And see, whenever I was a pastor down in Texas, I started out as a music leader, because I can play, I can three-chord any song in the world, right? I mean, I'm not a lead guitarist or anything. I'm just a campfire guitarist and stuff like that. And I can carry a tune in a bucket. It's just that there's no water left in the bucket when I get to the end, right? But... Some dummy told me one time that just make a joyful noise, and that, that's not true. <laughs> they say that to make you feel better, but, you know. So I got up here, one of my favorite songs that we used to play at, at my previous church that I pastored, and I played the bass in that band, was a, was a song called Shine a Light by Band of Heathens. And it's a really, really cool rocking song, Shine a Light. And it was one of the, man, if we ask for requests at the Pecos County Cowboy Church, somebody would say, Shine a Light, boy, they loved it. Well, the problem was is I played bass and my brother-in-law was the lead singer. And when I came up here, <laughs> I didn't have a lead singer. So I was going to be courageous. 
And I stood right here on this stage with a guitar, and I sang Shine a Light by myself to about 70 people that I didn't really know, right? Boy, I was, I was into it. I was rock star Toby Mack and Garth Brooks and Metallica all in one <laughs> with a dash of Randy Travis, right? At least that's how I heard myself. Mm, 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 mm. I thought I was doing good until I looked over at our, I'm not sure what to call this fella. He's a hat maker in Elizabeth. First time I met Brooke Brittle was the first sermon I ever preached, and I walked off, and he walked up to me and kind of looked down. And he said, can I tell you something, preacher? I said, sure. He goes, you're a lot bigger on the Internet. <laughs> what do you say to that? I bowed up and punched him in the... No, I did not. As Brad said, they pay us not to throat punch people as pastors. That's the first requirement. But as I'm singing... Oh, shine, shine a light on me and that door. I look over where Brooke is sitting, and his little daughter, Braylon, is like this. <laughs> Drunks and kids tell the truth. <laughs> you know, I've never sang another song by myself in front of a church. <laughs> but I wasn't by myself. I wasn't by myself. Yes, for y'all that weren't here on the 4th of July... I asked Emily to come up and sing the, the national anthem, and she was, she was so gracious to do so. And I was standing right here looking at Emily, and she, boy, she was doing her breath control, and I was doing breath control too. And I forgot to turn my mic off, <laughs> which didn't affect people here, but you could hear it on the live stream. <laughs> Sounded like a cow dying. I've never sang by myself since in front of church. See, we're afraid to live courageously because inside of us, we don't want to look stupid. We have a fear of looking like a fool. We have a fear of putting ourselves out there and being vulnerable because of what others might think, what others might say, what others might tell someone else. When we put ourselves out there, see, there's a risk there's a risk, there's a vulnerability, and that scares us, but you can't be afraid of vulnerability, and you can't, you know, not take a risk and live courageously. There's just certain things that go together, you know, like, like peanut butter and jelly, right? Like beef and potatoes, like coconut and trash cans. I mean, there's just <laughs> things that go together. <laughs> but listen, listen. Looking stupid is a temporary feeling, but living in fear poisons your soul. Now, you can't take, for, for every person that covers their ears when I sing, it might open up something in somebody else. We got to embrace that vulnerability. You ever truly sat down and wondered what Paul went through with his conversion? Because I've thought about that. You know, Paul was, uh, his name was Saul then. He was a Pharisee. Actually, he, he called himself the Pharisee of Pharisees, right? He called himself the Pharisee. You, you want to talk about legalistic? You just take the most legalistic thing you can think of and multiply it times 100, right? This is Paul, or this is Saul. And then on the way to a town called Damascus, Jesus appears to him and turns Paul. I mean, he, he, he was holding the cloaks 
of the people that killed the first Christian martyr, Stephen. He held their cloaks. And here is Saul, the persecutor of the Christian church. And, and that is why Jesus asked him when Jesus appeared to him after his death and said, Paul, uh, Saul, why do you persecute me? Right? And then a transformation happens. Do you think, I, I can't help but think that, that when Paul went somewhere, that there was some vulnerability there because he was a different person. Not, not only was he a different person, guys, he was a new creation. Not, he, he didn't just do a little bit of things differently. He was killing Christians and then he became one. And he made it his life to follow Christ. He was not afraid of looking stupid. He was afraid of not doing God's will. I bet he endured some ribbing. And one of the most powerful things I've heard this year was a little old meme, little old quote, picture, whatever you call it. And it says, the apostle Paul entered heaven, entered heaven to the cheers of those he had martyred. That is the gospel. The apostle Paul entered heaven to the cheers of those he had killed. That is the gospel. If we're going to live courageously, we cannot be afraid of raising that bar, of striving to be more than we are, not for ourselves, but for those that we love and for the God that we serve. If we're going to live courageously, we can't be afraid of looking the fool. As a matter of fact, God uses those things. So I hope all of you get the pleasure of meeting Brad and his lovely wife, Katie. Okay, there's only three people laughing. That's because y'all don't know the story. The story is the first, now I'd, I'd visited with Brad several times on the phone and everything. And then when I went down to the lake one time with my brother, uh, Brad lives in Weatherford, Texas, and we're at Possum Kingdom. That's pretty close. So we, so we met for dinner and, and I got to shake his hand and I got to hug that beautiful woman. And he said, this is my lovely bride, Stacy. And I thought, that's a beautiful name. Katie is a beautiful name. And I was like, how can I remember that? Well, she has dark hair like Katie that I went to, that I went to high school with. She was pretty too. They're both pretty. That's Katie. That's, she's pretty. So we got home. We got back to the lake house that night. And I told Cammie, I said, man, I really like Brad and Katie. She goes, her name's Stacy. I said, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's Katie. She goes, honey, it's Stacy. I, I proved her wrong. I pulled up Facebook and showed her it was Stacy. Now, y'all have to understand, if you don't know me that well, I am scatterbrained. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, instead, of, instead of becoming anxious about it, I embrace it, right? Well, I don't, in a certain way, it's a gift. Um, but when they got here on Friday, I was having some anxiety because one of my worst fears is calling somebody by their wrong name. Right, Sherry? <laughs> I called Sandy Sherry Friday. I did it twice, and on the second time, she politely called me stupid. No, she didn't call me stupid. <laughs> she goes, my name's Sandy. I said, of course it is. Of course it is. So, so anyway, I, I, I take Brad McLean and introduced Brad to, to Robert and Sue McLean, right? And I said, this is Brad McLean, and I locked up. Like, I was like, wait, did I think it was Katie and it's Stacy, or was it Stacy and I thought it was Katie? 
And like, this is a serious issue within me. And it happened like three times. So it's been bothering me. So this morning, Brad walks out. He's staying with me. And I said, Brad, man, I've, I've got this, this thing on my heart. And he said, what is it? And I said, and I, and I kind of told him this story. And he laughed at me. And so anyway, Stacy comes walking out. And I said, Stacy, I said, I, I, I'm going to ask permission and, and ask for forgiveness at the same time. She goes, about what? And I said, well, you're in the sermon today. She goes, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> you are, but, it, but it's about me, not, not, not about you. And she was so gracious, so gracious. She's like, <laughs> whatever, you make a great preacher's wife. <laughs> we are afraid of courageous living because, see, we've got an aversion to making a mistake. Nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to be wrong. See, we live in a world, sometimes we're doing nothing is better than making a mistake, right? You can get it right, you can get it wrong, but if you're not sure right, you can avoid getting it wrong by doing nothing, right? But see, the opposite of the right thing isn't the wrong thing. The opposite of the right thing is nothing, Make a mistake doing something. That's what me and Ty tell our people all the time, staff and volunteers. If you're going to make a mistake, make a mistake doing something that you know or at least what you think God would want you to do. So why do we need to live courageously? You're going to need it for this, guys. Go and make disciples of all men and all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do what I say to do the way I said to do it. And I'm going to be with you the whole time. You're not going to experience that, guys, if you're living a life of fear and timidity. But if you're ready to take that step towards a, a spirit of power, love, and self-control, you got the tools to do it, and we're going to walk with you while you do.